Hi, my name is Emily Taylor, and I'll be reading Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out to the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in on the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell onto his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please forgive me, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, and as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Hey, Grace242. Just last month, 66 ice fishermen had to be rescued from an ice floe near Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. The sheet of ice that the fishermen had been occupying had broken free from the land, and high winds from an oncoming winter storm had blown that sheet of ice out into the water away from shore. We go now to Manitowoc Minute's coverage of the story. And 60 ice fishers rescued from floating ice sheet. 58 asked if they could keep trolling before getting rescued. Hey Coast Guard, how you doing? I just changed from my ice fishing rig to my bottom bouncers and honestly, them walleyes are hidden. Can you give me 20 minutes or no? Amazingly, no one was injured. Now that's some pretty good safety work there by the Coast Guard, eh? <laughs> that rescue back in February by the Coast Guard probably marks a pretty significant moment in the lives of these ice fishermen. They're never going to forget the time they were rescued by the Coast Guard. And today we're going to look at a significant moment in the lives of some first century fishermen. Their names are Peter, Andrew, James, and John. We've been making our way around the shape of Jesus' life, and the shape of Jesus' life is a triangle. When we look at his life, we see Jesus up with his Father, flowing out of his connection with the Father. Jesus is in with his disciples where he trains his disciples to go out into the wider world. And we've been mapping Grace 242's mission statement onto the triangle. Our mission statement reads, Grace 242, being, making, and multiplying disciples. And you can map each one of the verbs onto the triangle. We first have to be disciples of Jesus. And from our own following of Jesus, we make other disciples who go out and multiply more disciples of Jesus. We first have to be disciples. In the same way that Jesus found his identity in the Father, we find our identity in Jesus. Jesus describes this in his prayer in John 17, and we'll read verse 21 where Jesus says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. In the same way that Jesus collapses his identity into the Father, we collapse our identity into Jesus. We abide in Jesus as Jesus abides in his Father. Today we're going to look at a critical moment in the lives of four first century fishermen. 
After this event, these four fishermen would never be the same. Their lives changed dramatically. So travel with me then, from the ice fishermen on Sturgeon Bay to four fishermen on the Sea of Galilee in the first century. Here's some beautiful footage of the Sea of Galilee and some pictures. The Sea of Galilee is not actually a sea. It's a freshwater lake, and Luke, ever the accurate historian, uses the Greek word for lake as opposed to the Greek word for sea in chapter 5, verse 1. The lake is 13 miles tall and 8 miles wide, and I made this map comparison showing the Sea of Galilee next to Sturgeon Bay and Door County so you can get a feel for the size of the lake. Situated 680 feet below sea level, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake on earth. To the world of the first century Jews, the lake was the most important source of fish. We head to the north shore of the lake near the fishing city of Capernaum, which is home to fisherman Peter, his brother Andrew, and their business partners James and John. Jesus is teaching the crowds from the fishing boat that belonged to Peter and his brother Andrew. Look at Luke 5 and we'll read verses 1 to 3. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Jesus is using Peter's boat in his favorite crowd control tactic. He's teaching from the boat so that the crowds can't envelop him or swallow him up. Furthermore, teaching from the boat would have afforded some great acoustics Talking from the water, everyone would have been able to hear what Jesus was saying. And in our day, teachers usually teach from a standing position like the one that I'm in right now. Conversely, in Jesus' day, it was common for rabbis to teach from a seated position. And so Jesus is seated in the boat teaching, and his position further underscores his authority as a rabbi slash teacher. If verses 1 through 3 fall into the out corner of the triangle, then verse 4 represents a transition to in. Jesus is moving from being out with the crowds to in with these fishermen. He's moving from a space where everyone is invited, out, to a space where only people of Jesus' own choosing are invited, in. Let's read Luke 5, verses 4 to 7. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. In verse 4, Jesus is moving from an out space with the crowds to an in space with these four men of Jesus' choosing, Peter, his brother Andrew, and their business partners, James and John. Jesus instructs these guys to try their nets in deeper water. Pause here. This is a very strange and odd request for several reasons. The first reason is that Jesus was raised in the family business of stonemasonry. And yet, here he's speaking to four men who are in the family business of fishing. A stonemason is saying to a fisherman, hey, why don't you try your nets in the deeper water? You see what's going on here? A non-expert in Jesus is instructing experts about fishing. This would be like Warren Buffett telling Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, have you ever tried winning an NFC championship game? 
first of all, who is Warren Buffett to talk football with Aaron Rodgers? Football is Aaron Rodgers' expertise, not Warren Buffett's. Second of all, what kind of advice is, have you tried winning? I mean, of course Aaron Rodgers is going to say, what do you think I've been trying to do all these times, Warren Buffett? I've given everything in every championship game. Jesus says, let down your nets where it's deeper. And Peter has to be almost rolling his eyes. Look at what he says in verse 5. He says, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Peter's like, you don't think we've tried everything that's logical already, Jesus? We've been fishing how many years? They just aren't biting. We would have tried what was logical. Peter must be thinking, this is the stupidest request. Because notice that he says, we worked hard all last night. Fishermen in the first century worked primarily at night. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were likely using a trammel net for their fishing. A trammel net consists of three layers, and fishermen would set the net in the water and then make a ruckus in the water with their oars driving the fish into the net and away from the ruckus. This was all done at night, so the fish would frantically try to get away and they'd swim right into the net because they couldn't see the net at night. But yet here is Jesus, a non-fishing expert, telling the experts to let down their nets during daylight, which is counterintuitive. <laughs> yet here's Peter's response. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. By responding to Jesus' command, Peter indicates that he is a person of peace to Jesus. We'll talk more about persons of peace in upcoming messages, but Peter is a person of peace to Jesus because he is responding to Jesus' command despite its ridiculous, crazy, counterintuitive, and outlandish nature. Well, despite this crazy command, Peter does as Jesus says, and Jesus does a miracle. Their nets are so full that they need their business partners, James and John, to haul in the catch. They gotta call them over and say, hey, we got so much, help us out here. Skip for a moment to verse 11 in chapter five, which says, and as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This miracle of fish prompts Peter, Andrew, James, and John to follow Jesus. And there's this consensus that this moment is a definitive one in the discipleship journey of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. To their minds, they have officially begun following Jesus now as his disciples. Going back to the triangle, Jesus has chosen to be in with these four fishermen. These four guys are some of the men who will be closest to him. Jesus is intentionally investing into these guys. From our mission statement, the verb making maps onto the in corner of the triangle. Jesus is making disciples in Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Verse 11 tells us that these men are now actively following Jesus. Disciples of Jesus are followers of Jesus. There's three implications for disciples of Jesus from this passage that I just want to hone in on. Number one, following Jesus means Jesus is Lord. Look at Simon Peter's address to Jesus in verse five. Peter says, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. In verse 5, Peter calls Jesus Master. And at Jesus' command, Peter lets down the nets, and it miraculously fills with fish. And now, look at his address to Jesus in verse 8, after the miracle has occurred. 
Peter says, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. In verse 5, Jesus is a master. But in verse 8, Jesus is Lord. To Peter's mind, Jesus has ascended. He's gone from master in verse 5 to Lord in verse 8. Following Jesus means that he is Lord. He is the highest authority in our lives. He is our identity. He is the truth. He is our way of life. He is reality. It means that there's no corner of our lives that Jesus' authority doesn't touch. Following Jesus means that he is Lord and we are not, which transitions us to number two. Following Jesus means confessing our own sinfulness. Look at Peter's response in verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Peter realized he was in the presence of holiness. He realized he was in the presence of someone who is set apart. This is no ordinary human. He realized he was in the presence of the Lord himself. I'm guessing in that moment that Peter thought something like, if this guy can control the fish in the sea, then he has access to all of the details of my life, including those details that I would not want anyone else to know about. Interestingly, and somewhat awkwardly, <laughs> fishing in the first century was often done naked. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Fishermen are constantly having to jump into the water to mess with the nets or to try to haul in the catch or, you know, work with the materials, right? And so if you're in and out of the water all night long, clothes at that point would simply become an inconvenience. They'd slow you down. So Peter may have been naked <laughs> to haul in this massive catch. It's, it's possible that he could have been naked. But I'm sure that even if he wasn't physically naked, that he felt figuratively naked, being in the presence of someone who knows every detail of his life. Following Jesus means confessing our own sinfulness, our own inadequacy, the ways in which we fall short. We turn away from chasing after those things that dishonor God, and we turn toward the one we're following, Lord Jesus and we orient our lives around bringing glory and honor to Him instead of bringing glory and honor to ourselves. Pastor Brian, uh, my pastor, likes to say, God doesn't want perfect examples, but He does want living ones. And we recognize our imperfections when we confess our sinfulness. Lastly, following Jesus means making disciples. Look at verse 10. Jesus replied to Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Now, Luke's wording is really neat here because Luke uses a Greek word that means captured alive. Peter has been given a new vocation. He will no longer catch fish who will promptly die and be sold in the market. Conversely, now he will catch people to live for Jesus. Notice that this phrase of Jesus catching people actually comes before we're told that Peter followed Jesus. It's You'll fish for people in verse 10, and Peter followed in verse 11. Following Jesus and catching people for life in Jesus are linked. To follow Jesus means that you are on mission for Jesus. Going back to the triangle, to be up with Jesus is to be in for Jesus. Being a disciple of Jesus means making other disciples. In Jesus' reality, 
There is no such thing as a disciple who does not make other disciples. I'll say that again. In Jesus' reality, there is no such thing as a disciple who does not make other disciples. To follow Jesus is to make other followers of Jesus. Peter will fish for people as he follows Jesus. Being and making disciples are inextricably linked. As we conclude, I'll just ask, which one of these three is poking at your heart today? Which one of these three is the Lord bringing your attention to? Following Jesus means Jesus is Lord. Following Jesus means confessing your own sinfulness. Following Jesus means making disciples. Which one of these three is the Lord revealing to you? Next week, we're going to begin looking at some practical ways to make disciples. I'll see you next week, Grace 242.